This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Jürgen, we'll start with team news, first of all. Obviously, we know that Nat Phillips can't play after his Man of the Match performance at the weekend. I'd imagine that Reese Williams then obviously wants to take the opportunity as well to show again what he can do. But is this more an occasion for experience? Are you giving Joel Matip every chance to prove his fitness? And also, how are Thiago and Keita? How ready are they? About 12 questions, if I'm right. <laughs> so, um, Nabi and, and Joel trained yesterday fully. Um, so, and I didn't do any decisions yet because um, we are still only two days after the game um, and we have, to, we have to wait pretty much until the medical department gives us green or orange or red light pretty much and um, so we wait so but we have um, in a moment moment more in this moment more center halves available then we probably will line up together so which is good well and uh, how and Nabi trained as well yeah I also want to ask you about Diogo Jota I'm looking at the stats and seeing that Mo scored six in his first nine appearances the club. Sadio scored four in his first nine appearances and now obviously Diogo scored four in his first nine appearances. So what level do you feel that he's reached already and I suppose how much trust do you have in, in him already? He's good. So um, how players uh, actually should be when they, when they um, join us. Um, he's in the best age, 23. Um, already experienced, played a lot of Premier League football, made his way up in Portugal. So it's um, it's a it's a good, it's a really good boy and a really good signing. So that's the situation. And um, we never hold players back in the beginning. It's just that um, players usually need time to adapt. But I knew before that that will not take too long for him um, because of the way Wolves is playing. Um, yes, they play a different system, but uh, the intensity level for Wolves is it was is and was always incredibly high. Um, there might be only one player who has to defend slightly less, but not 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 really a lot less, but slightly is Jimenez. But the boys on the wings, whatever, um, they had to run like crazy. So it was clear physically will be fine. Technically, we saw he is good, and um, all the rest is then about, yeah. Finding your feet, pretty much um, in a new in a new environment, and um, the boys make it always easy for new players. And and Diogo is a very good, a very good guy. So he, he's really open. His English is brilliant. Um, so it means it was easy for him to step in the team, um, in in the squad, in the dressing room, if you want. And now he played. Of course, he was involved in games. But like they all will be involved in games. So it's 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 special. I said, Shaq played an incredibly important role as well. Had a difficult time. So that's the same. Has the same importance for us. And that the, all the others stay fit um, is incredibly important. So um, it's good that we have more than eleven who look like they have a a, a good shape in the moment. Well, welcome. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, then we'll go to James from Talksport. And after James, we'll start going through the list that we have with the hands raised with Karl Markham. But for now, James, talk to Jürgen, sitting at the top of the Premier League table, 100% record so far in Europe. Just how proud are you of the way your side has responded to the number of setbacks you've already had so far this season? I don't feel pride in the moment, to be honest. It's just uh, we are in a situation and we have to deal with it, like all have to deal with it. The whole world has to deal with the situation. And so, um, no, it's what, we ex what I expect from us. But... I'm not, I think, 
we have to be a little bit careful like uh, around the Arsenal game we were running away in the league then we got a proper knock um, not, it's not be careful for us so we are fine we know uh, where we stand it's just in a, in a judgment from outside um, then uh, we lost the lesson we obviously pretty clear um, found our feedback got other setbacks in the uh, in the league um, with injuries these kind of things and that's it's, it's all it's like it is always we, we always had injuries before we always had to deal with the situation that's what we do now um, but Look, it's really early in the season, so I don't think um, we should think too much about where we stand in the in the different competitions. We, I think, we, we do pretty well with just being focused on the next game, and the next one is for sure um, so far the biggest challenge in the in the Champions League because um, oh, Ajax is a challenge as well, Midtjylland be, be of course as well, but Atlanta with all what they did now in the last two three years. Um, is a really settled team with a, and difficult to play against. Um, very special in their approach, slightly similar to Leeds. Let me say like this, organization-wise and and these kind of things. So it will be a tough one. And Jürgen, can I just ask you quickly about Mohamed Salah because he has received some criticism in recent days because of the way he won the penalty. Do you think that criticism is fair? No. I don't know what people need uh, to, what can I say, look, it was a foul, I think it was pretty much by everybody um, who saw the situation, saw it, um, believe it or not, yesterday morning I spoke to Mo about um, how he feels and he has exactly three proper knocks on the foot and one of them is from the penalty situation, um, that, well, that, that's how it is, so there's a knock and then you go down or not, whatever, sometimes the refs whistle it, uh, we don't talk that long about penalties we don't get, uh, to be honest, in other games, but then obviously now three days or two days after the game we talk about that and there was clear contact, so what can I say, no I don't understand the criticism. To you. Uh, James, we'll probably come back to you for a question when Trent's here. Uh, Carl Markham for a question or two to you, uh, Jürgen. Carl. Hi, Jürgen. Hi, Carl. Hi. Um, can I just ask you about, about the re-emergence of, of Shakiri? We didn't see much of him sort of second half of last season, but this season he's, he's already had a, a major impact. And, and, and the role he's sort of playing, we, I think we generally thought of him as being a, a winger, but it, the two passes he's made for those, to help those two last two goals have shown something different to his game? Oh no, Shaq, is, Shaq can play the wing, has everything for that, um, but is a, a creative player, played for Switzerland on the 10, so um, they know a lot about football there, so they wouldn't bring him there if they think he's better in another position, so Shaq is a versatile offensive player, played for us on obviously the 8 wing and now 10 when he came on, um, yeah, that's all the positions he can play. Yes, he wasn't not involved for disciplinary reasons or whatever. He was injured, unfortunately. Um, and sometimes players have a bad run with, an injury, with injuries. That's, and that's what he had. It's not that he was that often injured, but yeah, the calf made some problems. Now everything is fine, and um, but just good for him and even better for us uh, because we missed him last year in a lot of moments in the last season. And it's not that we wanted to let him or keep him out of the team. He's a good player, a really good player who had a massive impact in pretty much all the games he played. Uh, was part of some of the biggest games for, in, in our common history. So, um, just happy to have him back. On, the, on that front, I mean, the fact he, he's now back and playing, I, I think when he wasn't playing the, and he, he missed a lot of games last season, there was speculation about uh, whether he, he, he would be able to have a future at the club 
Um, but the fact that he's playing and contributing suggests that he's, he's almost got a fresh start for you. That's how it always is. That's how it always is. Um, yeah, the transfer window is there for rumors, for for some sometimes for talks, not not all the time, but a lot for always for rumors. Um, and we are barely involved in these kind of things. So whatever happened out there, um, I I'm not even aware of. Um, but I'm now really happy that he's here and um, all the rest. We'll start again in four, five, six weeks. I don't know exactly when uh, when the next transfer window is. Um, it will be open again, so uh, we will see. But nothing really to say about um, that's uh, the last transfer window. Feels like it's four years ago. Okay, the last two questions, as it stands, to uh, Jurgen Klopp will be uh, Per from uh, TV2 Norway, and then we'll finish with Nate Williams. And Leicester's any final hands are gone. Per over to you first of all. Hi again. Uh, just wondering about Atalanta, they really impressed in the Champions League last season. Uh, how good are they in your opinion and what do you make of the journey they had over these last few few years? Very good, very good. Top top players, top recruitment, um, very, very well organised. Um, play their system with 100% conviction, so they, they, they know exactly what everybody has to do. Um, they use the, the skills of the of the individuals in an incredibly smart way. So you can exactly see how they use the strikers, how they use the, the, the strikers in different ways. You can see Gomez role in midfield, which is a completely free, floating, whatever, um, um, genius, running everywhere around, make it really difficult to, 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 to catch him. Um, there's a lot of impressive developments of the players as well. So with, with, with Gosens, is one player obviously plays is now German international. Before he before he played that role at Atlanta, I'm not sure a lot of people knew about him. So that's just one example. And um, so they have a lot of these kind of stories. And um, it, they, they are obviously they have in the team a really good atmosphere and in general in a good mood and a proper fighting unit. So. I was last year not surprised. Of course, I didn't know too much about Atlanta before it started, but um, before the season started. But I knew about the role they played, obviously in Italy, um, which was the qualification and for the Champions League. But in the Champions League, absolutely. But uh, the last season was was a good one as well. So um, we know how difficult the last season was for everybody, and for sure in Bergamo it was not easier. In the beginning, for sure, more difficult. So um, and they deal with the situation, all these kind of things. So they, I mean, they have all our respect. And so I know how how good they are. Um, it was a, it was actually, I enjoyed um, the analysis. I enjoyed watching them uh, because it's really interesting. And how always in life, um, if you see something interesting, you should try to learn a little bit of it. And that's what we always try. But in this case, for sure, it's possible for us. Okay, final two questions to uh, Jurgen Klopp. We'll come from Nate Williams and then we'll finish with Lewis Gibson. Uh, can those of you who will want questions to Trent, um, obviously we'll ask in a moment for the hands-up mechanism for that. But uh, first of all, Nate. Hi, Jurgen. My, my question is about Diogo. He's been really good coming off the bench and scoring goals recently. Another player that did that not so long ago was Divock Origi, but whenever he started, he didn't seem to have the same effect. So my question to you is, like, what is the difference between... Why are players different in scoring off the bench to the ones that start? And what convinces you to give those bench players a starting place? First and foremost, maybe we should 
not forget that Deborah Gorigi had really good games when he started. He started against Barcelona, he started against Everton, scored spectacular and very important goals. Um, and for sure not the only two games where it worked out, but um, maybe the two most famous. Um, yeah, the difference is between um, starting and coming from the bench is um, so many differences. I'm not sure we have we have the we have the time to to figure that question 100 out. Um, but it's one is uh, the player before a game gets much more information. Who starts the game gets much more information than the player who who, who come. Um, is coming on as a sub because of it's just a time a question of time. You, you stand there and you try to give the most important information, but not all of them. Um, but it's about coming in, finding rhythm, um, being directly spot on, these kind of things. And then, uh, but uh, not a lot of pressure because the boys sit outside and then look at that. Sometimes it, it's now not in a Dibok case or in a Diogo case, but sometimes when a player starts a game, he has a full night at least to, to deal with that, to realize that he will start the next day and all these kind of things. Um, so, yeah, there are plenty of differences, but most of them are, are personal. So, um, how, what, what are you doing? But it's never for, um, never forever. Uh, that you deal, that you struggle with it or not. It's just like a, a learning process. Um, both of it coming on is not easy, and, and starting a Premier League game uh, when you are fresh, new, and wanna wanna convince and uh, the whole world. Um, then um, that's all. There's a lot of pressure involved. So that's why players um, sometimes perform slightly under their usual um, level. Fantastic. And then last question for Jurgen Klopp is from Lewis Gibson. And then if people would start using the hands-up mechanism for Trent, that would be great. Yes, Lewis Gibson. Um, good morning, Jurgen. Hello. Uh, back to Atalanta. Um, last season, they scored 95 goals in Serie A. Um, it's the most in 60 years for an Italian side. Um, obviously, Liverpool were second in the most goals scored last year in the Premier League. Um, how do you plan on tackling that Um and are you going to change your game plan from what you would normally set up? Um, in, in general, in football, it's always like this. You, 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 sometimes you have to defend the situation in the last moment when with a block or a goalie save, that's absolutely okay. But um, how always when a team is um, really good in, in, in creating finishing moments. So when they score 95 goals, they have for sure much more chances. So that means um, these kind of situations where you have to try to um, to deny them, if you want, that you have just have to make sure that the, the players who are usually uh, finishing off the situations, that they don't get the ball that often. That you can do that because that's something you can do together. The block is one player, the, the save is one player, all the rest is for 11 players. and. Um, that's why we work on that pretty often, to be honest. Um, and um, that's the match plan. That would not be different um, in any situation. So it's how I said, we respect that, and they are they are a, a threat. And again, the the, the, the Midtjylland game was at, was really a top example for how they are. Even on a not sunny, shiny day, whatever, um, they score four goals. So um, that was quite impressive, and um, we are aware of it. Um, and until tomorrow, we have time to make sure that we can deal with it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Trent, how you, mate? Um, first of all, I, I wanted to take you back to what was really said after the Villa game and, and what what enabled you you guys to, to regroup, to go on a run that's taken you, obviously, top of your Champions League group with, with two wins, but also to the top of the Premier League as well. What was really said to, to get things going once again? Um... 
nothing distinctive really it was kind of we as players in situations like that you understand that something went right and there's, there's no reason why you should be conceding seven goals in a game um, but the, the main thing was to to kind of learn from it as soon as possible obviously we had the international break which broke things up and probably helped us to to probably clear our minds from, from what had just happened and then be able to come back and obviously came back to, into, into a tough game, the derby, and was able to to get a decent result and, and kick on from there. And then just getting into the rhythm of playing two, three games a week and picking up momentum um, really helps. Obviously, as well, in the Champions League, you've kept two clean sheets in the two games so far, but only one in the Premier League so far this season. So does that cause, is that a cause for concern at all? Not really. I think for us, we want the three points. I think that's that's our main objective going into games. Um, I think at a time you might start to think about clean sheets and stuff like that. But for for us, as as of right now, um, it's about getting three points and seeing how how we can put ourselves in good positions in in all competitions. We also spoke with the boss about the impact of Diogo Jota. I just wonder what you guys make of him as well, because obviously we saw Mo when he first arrived, scoring six in his first nine. Sadio scored four in his first nine. And now Jota scored four in his first nine as well. So what kind of an impression has he made about the fight? Really positive, I think. Um, on and off the pitch, um, really nice lad. Someone who's settled right in, being able to, to mingle with the group and um, be, a, be a part of the team straight away. And that, that's, what, that's all you can ask, really, from a... From a player coming in because it's not easy um, to come in and settle in so quickly, but he's he's adapted so well to the team and and he's learning every day and and the way that we want to play and how we want to play and how the manager wants him to play. So I think it's positive that he's in and around the team. Okay, in order we'll go James from Talksport, Juliet from the BBC, Carl Markham from the Press Association, and we've got plenty more hands up. We'll get to as many as we can. Uh, James first. Brent, you managed to achieve your 100th Premier League appearance on Saturday. Just how do you reflect on what you've already been able to achieve in a Liverpool shirt? Um, yes, yeah, a dream really. Um, something that I'm incredibly proud of myself. Um, something that I think you can only dream of as a kid is to make 100 Prem games and you never expect to do so. Um, but it's an amazing achievement for myself. I'm proud of myself. I'm grateful for the opportunities I've been given because without a lot of help along the way from a lot of people, I'd never be able to make it this far. We've seen Nate Phillips and Rhys Williams come into the side in, in recent weeks without a huge amount of preparation or, or, or a heads up, really. What is it about the environment at Liverpool that allows these young players to thrive and come in and be successful straight away? Um, I think it's just that the way that I think uh, what helps a lot is the fact that they're, they're with us in training and I think in training we're, we're, we're kind of doing the same things we, we play and train with the, the same principles um, so the, the lads are used to the way that we play they play against it they understand the, the messages that the gaffer wants wants them to play um, so for us it's, a, it's about making sure that there's an environment there that they can just be themselves and, and enjoy the football that they play. Juliet, are you okay to go next, please? Yeah, I hope so. Hey there, Trent, you're right. Um, uh, it's just a, a quick one, sort of following on from that, really. Um, like the four games since Virgil got injured, you, you've gone on, um, you know, you've gone on to win them. Um, 
you've lost other players to injury as well and you've had those setbacks the managers call it tricky you know it's tricky so where does that sort of resilience that extra strength come from is, is it like a band of brothers and, and you just feel that it, everything's against you so you're just going to go that that little bit further yeah i mean we felt like that for maybe the last few years is that um it, all that matters is is the circle that we're in, the team that we're in, um, other people's opinions on the outside, and people have opinions and say things and stuff like that. But as long as we're focused on what we want to achieve, and what we what we can achieve, and know that we can achieve, especially now knowing that we can achieve these things, and we can go far in the Champions League, we can go far in the title race. Um, knowing that gives us that belief that anything anything can happen and. No matter what the setbacks are, no matter what players we lose through injury and whatever, that we're still able to achieve these things. Thank you very much, Jules. Carl, then Paul Joyce, then Chris Bascom in that order, and we've still got a few more to go through. Carl. Hey, Trent. Hi. Not not wishing to dwell on on that sort of defensive side of things, but but when when you when you lose Virgil and then you've got changing centre backs every game because of, of other injuries or other situations. How does how does your situation change in terms of how you how you personally approach the game, and, and do you feel you 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 need to take on more responsibility because of that? I think um, it's that's part of football. I think you, you've got to adapt to situations because it's never going to be the same team every week. It's never going to be ideal. Um, so you, you've got to be ready mentally and, and physically to adapt in in any given situation. And I think. The, the way that we've went about it, the mentality that the managers instilled in us over the last few years has definitely helped us to, to be able to adapt in any situation. I think there's been many of an important games where we've missed some very important plays and we've still been able to to come out ahead and I think that's obviously happening right now. Um, obviously missing Virgil, massive player for us and it, it's it's been um, probably one of the um, one of the, the weirdest tests that we've had because since he's came in, I don't think he's really missed any really minutes of football. Um, so for him to, to not be with us is something that we haven't we haven't really experienced, but it's a new experience and, and it's something that we've had to adapt to. Okay, Paul Joyce from the Times and then Chris Baskin from the Telegraph and then I think we'll go through a few more on the hands-up list. Paul first. Hi Trent. I, I was just wondering, it's the last week at Melwood this week, what specific memories do you have maybe as a schoolboy peering through the through the wall and, and also coming up here for the coming up to Melwood for the first time. And just second question, just for, to follow up Carl's point, have you personally felt um you needed to to maybe step up more in the past couple of games because you're a key member of the team now in, in response to the injuries? So just Melwood first thing. Yeah, I think I think Melwood for me growing up was I think Anfield and that was was always special for me to be able to go and um, to, to to experience the atmosphere and everything. But I think for for me growing up, Melwood was where I always wanted to get to because it was a day to day basis. It was somewhere that you see the cars going past. I'd see the cars going past mine on Queens Drive and going into Melwood and stuff like that and. It was that was somewhere that I always wanted to, to to be and to achieve to to get there. So that was kind of my motivation. That, that Melwood more than more than Anfield itself. As if I could get to Melwood, it gave me an amazing chance. And I always, I always had that 
a vision of what it would be like inside, how would it be like, who would be in there, what would the staff like, everything like that, that would just motivate so much. So um, I think it, it was just an amazing ex, um, place for me growing up in, in my childhood. Um, and then obviously, like you said about um, the second, your second question about the, I think, leadership and stepping up and stuff, I think... Um, yeah, I think that's something I've I've thought about myself is that I think I've made enough appearances now and um, had enough experience to, to class myself as not a young player anymore and someone who needs to step up in these moments. I think when you miss such a leader and a, a probably the captain of the back four, really, in, in Virgil, then it gives uh, others and the, the rest of the back four an opportunity, I think. It'd be difficult to say that me or Robbo or Joe or something like that could step in and do exactly what Virgil does because we're not the same type of player. And it's it's um, it's not easy to do something like that. But I think if I think the the players who are really consistently in the back line can step forward and, and come together and make sure that, that that presence isn't missed as much as possible, then it puts us in a good place. And I think so far we've been able to do that. Thank you, Chris. You need to take yourself off mute because I had to put you on so we're getting a bit of feedback. Then we're going to go to Marina Velotti and then back to Per from TV2 Norway. But Chris first. You can, you can hear me all right now? We can hear you yeah. fine. Great. Uh, so uh, just going back to our very first question, Vinny asked us to up the Philly game because it's very hard to the outside to think it was just something that you, 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 know, you could only just shrug off. It's four wins and a draw since then. You bet the action's been so strong. But was there no harsh words at all within the group? Was there no meeting when you came back from the international break? Or was it all just internal pride that you felt you had to respond to that? I think that there was a meeting when we came back. Um, but I think we always, we always have a meeting anyway. Um, so it went out to the ordinary that we had that, that meeting. Um, so it was always going to happen, no matter what the result was or what matter the score was. So that didn't change anything. But I think it's more about self-reflection in that in that period and knowing that that can't happen. It was kind of a one-off. Um, um, to, to concede seven goals is, is unacceptable. But I think it's it's about learning them things. It kind of humbled us, I'd say, as a team. Um, and and let us know again that we can't we don't just win games because we're Liverpool and the history of the club and the players that we've got it's it's our mentality it's the people that it's the work that we put in and if we're not a hundred percent then then things happen I think it went an outrageously bad performance from us um, but it was our mentality went there on on the on the day and, and we got punished for it so since then it, we've been able to to really focus on that and I think. Looking back on the last two years, especially that's that's what's got us to where we are now is our mentality, and um, being able to come back from any position, being able to 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 break down, break through walls, and and kick doors down in in that respect. And I think um, since that game, we've been able to to get back into that stride a little bit. Fantastic. Pat from TV Two Norway. Yeah. Hi, Trent. Hi. Uh, tomorrow it's Atalanta, but the last three times you visit Italy, it has ended with defeat for Liverpool. In your opinion, what's the most difficult with facing Italian teams, and, and how do you guys grab a win tomorrow? Um, I think uh, Italian teams are notoriously really, really good defensively, really well organised, um, hard to break down, and um, for us it's about finding a way to do that. I don't think it's right to, to really say that it's because 
they're specifically Italian teams that we struggle. Um, maybe it's just because we're not there on the day, or the the, the opposition have, have really um, have really played well. So I think we we have to we have to look at that. We have to put the the past results behind us and not dwell on them. But also, it's it's the first time we're facing Atalanta tomorrow, so it's something new and something that we need to to adjust to as soon as possible. So I think tomorrow will be a good game, and hopefully, we'll get the the three points. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.